are thrilled you are here with us. 100 Creatives represents a collective of individuals across creative and educational sectors that seek to learn from one another and share insights, ideas, and start conversation. We gather together at our virtual roundtable to explore the intersection of creativity and how it relates to our individual selves and also to community impact. I am your host, Angela Popplewell, and I am the CEO of 100 Cameras, a nonprofit organization that equips youth worldwide with tools to process and tell their stories through photography. Each podcast episode hosts a group of voices, from members of our 100 Cameras Board of Creatives to program educators to youth participants from programs all across the world, even to special guest appearances from our brand partners and friends who share in the commitment that creativity and self-expression should be available to all. Kelly Johnson is a visual storyteller based in the Pacific Northwest with her husband and daughter. She aims to use photography and words to educate, express value, and connect individuals and communities by drawing attention to our shared humanity. She's worked alongside communities across Africa, South America, and Southeast Asia, and has facilitated three 100 cameras programs in Vietnam. Caroline Morowick is an occupational therapist and current fellow at Memorial Hermann with a specialty in neurological conditions. Caroline's first involvement with 100 Cameras was to assist a group of students with special needs in accessing the 100 Cameras program. She notes that this program intersects perfectly with the field of occupational therapy and is excited for continued opportunities to use the program in therapeutic ways. Lydia Billings is a photographer, photography teacher, and the COO of 100 Cameras. She has helped build the organization to become a model that supports tens of thousands of youth worldwide and has helped lead partnerships with Apple, Fujifilm, Adobe, Framebridge, and more. Yay! Kelly, Caroline, we're so happy to have you with us. Thank you for making time to connect and share in this way. I know there's a lot of people out there who are going to be really nourished by this conversation and both of your perspectives. So do you both want to just introduce yourselves and tell us where in the world you are? Sure. My name is Kelly Johnson, and I am currently in California, but will be in Eastern Washington soon. And I'm Caroline Morowick. And yeah, I just want to say thank you to you guys for having us on. It's just such an honor and being part of the 100 Cameras program here in this conversation. I'm sure it's going to come out, but just what a highlight that it was for us and how it continues to have a legacy there still right now. But I'm an occupational mm-hmm. therapist. So Kelly is our real photographer, not me. Just a, I'm just a poser. No. Again, in this conversation, you'll see just like how my profession weaves so well into 100 cameras. And I'm just so excited about what you all are doing because it is like the heart of also what I do in my everyday work. So it just aligns so well. We've said it a thousand times and we'll say it a million times more, but we're so happy to be connected with you both in partnership with you and the work that you both do for youth is so important and needed. And let's just dive in and talk about it. Tell us about the youth that you work with. I know you're both in the States right now. Some people have probably seen your students' photographs on the 100 Cameras website if they've been following along. But Kelly, why don't you kick us off and share about the work you've done in Vietnam and the students that you've worked with? I've had the sweet privilege of facilitating three different 
100 cameras programs in Vietnam. So originally the first working with students in a village nearby where I was living at the time. A variety of ages, actually, that class is like nine-year-olds to 18-year-olds. And two all were a part of this little community and attended an English center together. And then I was able to work with kids who um, don't have hearing or at least not full hearing. And then worked with Caroline with kids who have a variety of different disabilities. So that's a quick overview. Could you share a little bit more about each entity that you worked alongside? Because they're so vastly different in how they work alongside youth with a variety of needs. And there's just something so important and unique about how all three of the programs that you initiated worked alongside such incredible local-led organizations. So I'd love if you could share a little bit about that. Just a really special thing to a, get to be involved with 100 cameras and then on top of that have the opportunity to be involved with these different schools and programs. It's just like such a treat to get to join both of those worlds. And so the first class I was introduced to the students by my friend who is from the village, from the community, and she's in her like late 20s maybe. And she for years has just run her own free English center for kids and just really believes in the importance of learning English and wanting to teach kids to properly read and write in English. And that was just her passion. And she like worked a full-time job and then did this five nights a week with kids. It was really amazing. And she was born there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just lives right in the community. And she was paying to rent like, out of her own money, paying to rent out a space that she had painted and made into a little school center. And in a sense, created with her now husband a free library. And so she has... Again, it's free and she's just purchased all of these beautiful books and just has created this really safe space where kids and teens and families can come and read and learn. And yeah, it was partnering with her and the students in the community. And it was just really special for a lot of reasons. Taking an extra art class or an extra creative type class is just really uncommon. Having a photography class is such a unique opportunity for these kids and so that was kind of the situation there. And then I worked with a school called Central Deaf Services, and they are an official school for kids who cannot hear. And they're, I think, the only one in central Vietnam. There's kids at the school whose parents have moved from other cities or sent them to live with relatives so that they can attend this school. And the stories of these kids are so amazing. So many of them didn't know sign language before coming to the school. So some didn't even learn it till they were like 10 or 12. I got to work with a, a group of youth at the school and be in their space where they felt safe and get to know their world. And then Caroline could probably speak into the Hope Center a bit more. So it's funny how I'm even involved with this because I'm an occupational therapist that is a therapist who is working with people to be able to do whatever their daily activities and routines would be. We see people after maybe an injury or something with kids, since a lot of them are born with disability. We're trying to facilitate and maximize their ability to participate in the things that kids would be needing or wanting to do. So play and social skills and communication, the context of activities. So I moved to Vietnam with a nonprofit that was already on the ground there called Orphan Voice and started a therapy center 
for kids with special needs. And I got to know Kelly through our international church in Da Nang, Vietnam. And she was the one who told me about 100 cameras. And she said, well, you know, they haven't done a group like the kids at the therapy center where they have disabilities, but I'll just run it past Angela and Lydia and see what they say. And of course, Angela and Lydia, not knowing better, this is the kind of people you guys are. You just, you're like full of enthusiasm. Let's see if we can make it happen kind of thing. I love this. It's so how 100 Cameras continues to grow. It's birthed by ideas. Mm-hmm locally and Kelly even in your program right before this one like working alongside a center that supports and provides services to youth who are deaf or hard of hearing Mm -hmm. and just the creativity that came out of that with you and your local leadership and support system was incredible so when you came to us with Caroline with this idea we were like wow we always want to be an organization that's open and open to exploring and working alongside incredible professionals like you, Caroline, you know the youth you're serving best and their needs. And if you're telling us, hey, I think this could really support them. We, yeah, we were so excited. It was mutual. Yes. Yeah. I'm just so grateful for you all for making this work because the impact that it had on the kids is just amazing. And it might seem like a simple thing on the surface, but just stepping into their world and what their opportunities have been is just so different than even kids with disabilities in the U.S. would have opportunities to do. With our kids, most of them do not go to school. And that is because if you have a significant disability where you can't just manage on your own, the schools will usually not accept you, especially in the countryside because they just don't have special education services. All hadn't been to school. And Kelly said they don't have the after school curricular activities. And this was their first place where they got to be with other kids. And the 100 cameras was really just an awesome that for them because it gave them something that is a responsibility, but also a true passion and hobby and a set of skills that they were learning and working towards. Whereas with the context of just being in the therapy center, this was awesome because it gave them opportunities to go out in the community and then to have these assignments that they would do at home and come back and then just be able to share their own work. And if you think about it, like in school, kids have opportunities to do that all the time. For these kids, this is the first time that they've had assignments and had even like a piece of equipment that was their own to be responsible for. And then that they had something that they brought to the group and shared and discussed. And Kelly can talk to you about how our our flow went with the classes because it was really fun. Yeah. So every class would start with the students just sprinting into the classroom. Mm -hmm. So excited to be there and basically throwing their cameras at me, like excited to share their photos and could not wait to have them uploaded onto the computer and to share with each other. And they would come with their caregiver, whether that would be a, a parent or an aunt or uncle or a grandparent. The class would quickly fill with energy. 
And we usually yeah, begin by getting their pictures and then sharing one student's pictures with the class and doing a little lesson and then announcing where we would be going. We really tried to go to a different location every class even if it was just to the local market or a park, partially because we were a bit limited with photography options where we were, but also because these kids just really have their patterns with their life where they're at home or they're at the therapy center and maybe they'll go to a shop with their parents or something, but they really have not seen so much of their own community. And so it was so fun. And they were genuinely like every time when we would tell them hey we're going somewhere they'd act like it was just knowing that was like christmas morning like just so much joy spontaneous applause and cheers i just love kids but these kids really like they just don't go out of their routines very much so so fun for them to get to go to new places and that was such a joy so that was a big part of, of the lessons was really trying to incorporate what we were learning in a new space and in a new location. And that was a really beautiful process as well, because it did require a lot of support from their caregivers, from the Hope Center staff. There were points where kids were on staff's backs, walking through a field in order to get them to the, the lotus flowers. It was just a really beautiful team effort to do these classes. And you can really sense that in their photographs, like there is a camaraderie, there is a connection to one another. That's really beautiful. I'm so curious to hear that moment. Kelly, you talked about that moment when you would share some of their photos in front of their peers. Mm -hmm. What was that like? Because I know you had to make a lot of adaptions to the curriculum to work alongside each individual mm -hmm. student's occupational therapy needs and goals, which I also want to hear all about. But what was that moment like where they were looking at their images in front of their peers and knowing that there was such camaraderie. Caroline, you know the students better, like you knew them far before this class. But what I observed is just great pride and just feeling empowered. Yeah, the kids were really responsive to each other's work. Like they so appreciated and cheered for every picture. There was a lot of cheering. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so fun because we could point out like, oh, here in this picture, you use this, like you use some leading lines or this is a pattern. And sometimes they were aware, like, yeah, I meant to do that. And other times they were like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I did that. That's so amazing. Like that I was able to do that and I wasn't even trying. And yeah, it was really cool to see them encourage each other. And, and it didn't feel like there's ever any sense of competition at all. It was mm -hmm. just this like communal joy and enjoyment of the process. Yes. So I can share, this will probably help paint a better picture, but yeah. I'll share a little bit about the students. The four students that we had had significant enough needs that they did require just a lot of support to best participate in the class. So there is one boy, 17 years old and has cerebral palsy. Then we have Lum. He has ADHD and developmental coordination disorder. But what was awesome is when we were sharing photos and when we were doing these activities, I didn't need to be redirecting him back or to pay attention. He was so in it because he mm -hmm. was one of our most engaged and enthusiastic kids. And then our final student, Lee, 
she has autism and she's nonverbal. So actually, if before the class started, I started working with her on how to turn on the camera and use the camera and everything. I was really worried that um, she wasn't going to be able to participate, but she is the most motivated, <laughs> sweetest, just most excited girl and just loves getting challenged and having new activities. So I really wanted her to do this yeah. class. The first time that she took a picture, I wish I had it on camera. She had the camera in her hand. She was twisting around, looking at it. And we had showed her where the on and off button and the shutter button was. And she pointed at herself, hit the button, and she took a picture. It flashed in her face and she just started dying <laughs> laughing. She was so excited and just like proud in that moment. And she learned how to use the camera. By the time the class started, she already knew what, what the buttons were and everything, which was just amazing to me because I had been working with her for a while. But with using the camera, I think she was just extra motivated. <laughs> and her caregiver, is that her grandpa? Carolyn? Yes, her grandpa. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> oh my gosh. It was just, I think that was one of the beautiful things about the class that I didn't see coming was witnessing the caregivers just pride for kids or their niece or nephew and just it, like their support. Like they were so 100% in it for these kids and loved just that they were able to do this. And like our grandpa often just joined us on field trips. I gave them a little bag to keep the camera in and their journal and the bags had been used by other students so hers had the flight tear and he like sewed it up for her mm -hmm. wrote her name on everything you could just see he was just so happy for her and to watch her and just very proud of her and, and that felt true of all of the caregivers this was really special for them as well that's actually a really good point. When Lee and her grandpa first started coming to the center, her grandpa would just sit and watch and we started getting him involved a little bit. And then he really got involved. Like he would mm -hmm. be, we would be doing <laughs> yoga positions and stuff and he would be right there too, doing three-legged down dog. <laughs> yeah, so he would help out and everything, but just to see his comfort level and get to see him grow in his relationship with his granddaughter was amazing. And then also what was really cool was because we were going out in the community, we were meeting other people. There was one time we went to this little historic site. It was an old temple mm. and the curator, she gave us free admission into that. And then we brought along a thank you card for her. And then we let one of the students present it. So he presented this card to her. He gave this beautiful heartfelt speech and the lady she started crying because she was just so touched and then we invited her to our gallery at the very end of the class and she showed up and yeah she came and saw the pictures and everything of course so, she came yeah yeah exactly yeah and we invited other people in the community who know the therapy center and it had been there and so a few of the neighbors came as well but that was something that was really cool too because it depends on the area but sometimes they have really negative beliefs about how a person comes by that disability and just the worth of that person so to think that these kids were helping to change people's viewpoints on disability I think is just another huge benefit of this class in this program. Well, and just the confidence that they themselves were growing inside of them. And then that can ultrate into all of their interactions in society. It's interesting. I think society across the board has a long way to go of 
education, unlearning, and rethinking about neurodiversity in general or diversity in physicality in general. It's really beautiful to hear that they went through that arc on their own. That's incredible. A photograph can connect us, tell a story, and transform us. And every kid, no matter their circumstances, deserves the right to express themselves and to feel seen and heard. Our mission at 100 Cameras is to teach youth worldwide how to process and tell their stories through photography in a way that impacts how they view themselves and their role in their community. Every lens is a gateway to a brighter future. Join us today and provide opportunities for more youth at 100cameras.org backslash donate. I mean, these stories are so rich and I feel like I know these four students because of all the stories you've shared and thank you for sharing here. It's so incredible. And their photographs, such incredible stories individually, but also as this, like Angela's been using this word camaraderie where the four of them really became a bit of a family and then all the support people who contributed to that. And I think that's something really incredible about this type of curriculum is that it's designed to be done in a group, but with the deep understanding and honor for the fact that every student has an individual journey through the curriculum. And they all arrived at lesson one with their specific set of circumstances. And Caroline, you shared a bit about what that looked like from an OT perspective, but just from a life perspective, they all came with different perspectives and you created this environment where they really got to develop and grow and discover things about themselves as individuals, as well as in a group. And I'm curious if you saw through the curriculum arc, were there any moments where the group started to really open up in new ways together? Or was there one lesson or more than one lesson that felt really impactful specifically for this group that you might want to share about? Carolyn, I'm just thinking about that a lot and his kind of transformation through this class. Yes, yes. I think that's a really good student to talk about. Yeah. So Kelly didn't know him until the class started, but I knew him when he first started. He was 14 when he started and then about six months later started this photography program with the first day at the therapy center, super shy, wouldn't look us in the eye, um, wouldn't really engage in any activity. The other kids showed up and he asked to leave. He didn't want to stay there. And then fast forward a little bit to when he started the photography program. And I think one of the lessons that maybe was the most cool for him and for one of our other students just to really see them shine was the perspectives lesson. But with this perspectives lesson, it was just this perfect time for them to channel all of that into their photography because the photos that came back and they would take dozens and dozens of photos every week, but hundreds from their <laughs> eyes and their perspective, it was fascinating because the things that they thought to take pictures of without really us telling them about that. They just took what we were saying in this lesson and then ran with it in a whole nother direction. And when Kelly and I were looking through these photos later, we were just so amazed. And maybe Kelly, if you want to speak more to that. Caroline, you mentioned like he was really shy and he was at the beginning of class. Like we would try to take turns coming up to the front of the room to point out in a picture 
oh, this is where the pattern is, or this is where a leading line is. And he and really never went to do that. But definitely by the end of class, he was like eager to get up and definitely was aware of these concepts and really excited to share his photos. And so I witnessed that pretty rapid transformation just in his confidence in that space, which is really cool. So I'm sure there were some changes or processing that happened that we weren't aware of. But I think we were able to witness through the evolution of photos and finding their voice, especially with the student we've been talking about. He like on his style, he's the one who took all of the photos of flowers at night, like with the flash on that kind of became his like signature thing. And he was also totally like a street photographer in the making, like, you know, no inhibitions. He didn't have any fears and was excited to do that. Yes. And Kelly really encouraged them to bring their cameras with them everywhere. And a few of the kids really took that to heart because we would get to kind of walk through their day. There was just a huge side to them that I got to see, even though I had been with them for a year for some of these kids at that point in time. So that was really awesome just to get to see what their daily life is like and what they thought was a value to take a picture of. And they captured some really beautiful moments, just like somebody holding a baby and the baby's laughing and just little things like that or a puppy playing on the ground. But then other things like Dad would take really close pictures of different things just in his home environment or of his feet when he's sitting in a chair or of the ceiling. And that just gave me a really cool picture of the way that he sees the world. Yeah, Their images are so striking in a way that really speaks to the environment that you all created for this group. And I'm so curious if either of you have a sense of or if anyone expressed to you like, the kids directly or maybe their caretakers what do you think was present in the program environment that allowed the shyness to dissolve or the bravery to go up to a stranger and photograph them what made all of that possible but Mm -hmm. i'm curious to hear about the container that you all created for this group yeah and kelly i don't know if you have thoughts right away but i can speak to it a little bit so i think There is power in being handed a tool like a camera and saying, go use it. And then each week coming back and they get that validation of we care about the story that you wanted to tell and we see the value in it that you saw and then be empowered and encouraged to go out and do it again. I think that piece of it was important, but also in the curriculum, I think a very special part of what 100 Cameras does is that the focus is on storytelling. And Kelly can even share just her own passion is the storytelling behind photography too, not necessarily photography itself. But I think that's what's also really cool is I don't know if anybody's really asked them these kind of questions about their life. And now we were doing that each week we were asking them questions and asking them to reflect on that too, which is part of the curriculum. So I think Mm -hmm. that really grows and changes just the way that they see themselves and the world and what they can do with their photos. Yeah, there's another student in the class who comes from a really difficult home life. He enjoyed taking photos, but he didn't get as into the photography part of it as Mm -hmm. some of the other students, but he definitely 
was responsive to the questions about his personal life. When we would go through some of the like part of me worksheets or our mind map activities, we would go one-on-one with students and usually have a, a support person with each. And I sat next to him a few times going through some of the questions and we often would only make it through one or two yeah. because he just had so much to say. Which is also fascinating because most people grow up not ever being asked personal, emotionally related questions, even as simple as what's something you're thankful for. (laughs) And so it's just really hard to answer because you're like, I don't even really know how to wrap my mind around that. So it's not even always just a shyness, but it's just like, oh, that's I don't know how to process that. He's clearly thinking about these things already and just didn't have a safe space to talk about it. And he kind of told the story of when he, in a lot of his life, he feels like a fish out of water. But when he comes to the Hope Center and came to this class, he really felt like he was like safe at sea. And he really like took on a leadership kind of role, encouraging them to take pictures of certain things or to pay attention or (laughs) different things. I just don't think he has many, if any, other spaces at all like that in his life where he's a, seen as loved and valued, but be also given a space to share his voice. So that was so important for him. And I know he was pretty bummed when the class was ending because he really looked forward to it every week. And from a therapy perspective, it was awesome to be able to ask him these questions in the context of an activity and a group and everything, because like Kelly said, he did have a lot to share. So some of our kids, they had tons of pictures and maybe they didn't have as much to say. But with this boy, he had so much to say. And that part of it was an important peace for him and Mm -hmm. to help him process some trauma in his past. Mm -hmm. But like Kelly was saying, the leadership role that he took on with this group was also really big because he can't walk. So he has to depend on people his whole life to do a lot of things for him. And when he saw this opportunity to be a leader in the group, he took it. And it was, I think, really transformative for him and just to help him mature and develop a new set of skills in a real life context. That's not just therapy activities and a therapy session, but we were out there in in the community and he was helping us and directing the other kids, but in a good and respectful and appropriate way. Oh my gosh. The dynamics are so beautiful. I mean, you know, it's true. Some kids really express through their camera and some kids really Mm -hmm. express verbally or in writing or Mm -hmm. a combination. And thank you for having all of that be valid and celebrated because people around the world want to hear the stories of Mm -hmm. these students and kids worldwide. And you made that possible. There's a theme of creativity here. It's a deeper thread is what I'm trying to say, because... It's creativity in how the curriculum comes off paper and the container you're creating and how you as educators and the cheerleaders in the room are inviting each student to show up wherever they're at in their journey and Mm -hmm. take to whatever piece of the curriculum arc that they're going to take to and just allowing that creativity to happen with how each student connects with creative expression, but also in just how both of you dreamed up how this program could even take place. There's such creativity involved. And I have to give a shout out, Caroline, to your like medical 
white paper. It was incredible, just this debrief from a medical perspective of how each lesson and activity could further OT goals or if they could be tweaked in this way, which is what you did in real time to support that student. And there's just such, that was, that's also creativity, that's innovation. How did you navigate that? Was it in real time taking each activity in the lesson plans mm-hmm. for what it was and then thinking about each student on an individualized level and tailoring it accordingly? Like, I'm so curious, how did that work behind the scenes for you all? We sat down several times before the class started and we went through the entire curriculum. So lesson by lesson and just thought about, okay, how can we modify each of these activities for each student so that they can still participate in some capacity in this? That was helpful to already have the curriculum in front of us, go through those things. And yeah, as an OT, that is a big part of my job is to be able to look at activity and see how we can make it work to allow somebody to participate. So that part was no problem. The awesome part is that you all had the activities and you had the curriculum there to go and then we could just take it and run with it. But then, yeah, in each week, we would adapt and modify as needed. And we can speak more to specific modifications that we made, but also there was parts of it that we didn't have to change at all. Like, for example, there's the one activity where we give them props and then they use those to take pictures of each other. Portraits. Yes. Yes. For the portraits one. And that one was really fun. They would pose (laughs) each other. They throw the props on each other, hats or scarves or whatever it was, and then pose each other how they wanted it, how it was in there. So that was really cool because that was something I thought they would maybe not take initiative on, but they did. And so sometimes they surprised me by maybe doing more than I expected. Can you share with us about the final celebration? We love to celebrate at the end of our episodes. (laughs) Tell us about the gallery and graduation and who came and what was it like for the students? Both of those are special. We kind of did a separate gallery and celebration. So for our our final class, we went to Hoi An, which is a nearby town that's super beautiful on the beach. We just went and had coffee at a, a schwanky little coffee shop or juice, I guess. <laughs> and the kids just played in, in the water. And yeah, the, it just felt it was clearly a very special thing for them to get to go and to order whatever they wanted on the menu and to be by the ocean with each other. And we had little snacks and presented them with their certificates there. And they gave a little speech about each one. And they, they were just very, very proud of themselves. Yes. So it was really special. And we also invited other people from Kelly and my community in Da Nang. So they actually came out and came to the center. They have an opportunity to see what the center is about and what these kids are doing, and especially with photography. So one of our friends, he likes photography himself. So that was a big motivation for him to come. Otherwise, he never maybe would have come out to something like this. So we invited neighbors in the community around the center. We invited their families. We invited other kids from the center and their families to come. So it was a big group. We got to just honor each of the kids. They all had their individual little gallery set up in one room together and did a little presentation on the class and what they had done. And the students got to 
stand by their work. And then we just encourage everybody to go around and look at the pictures, ask the students about their work. That was just an incredible, precious, first time ever kind of moment for a lot of these kids. I think that was a big benefit too of the gallery is that the caregivers got to see other people in the community valuing Mm -hmm. their child because Mm -hmm. that's really hadn't happened before. If we could interview each of the students, we would hear even more layers of what it was Mm -hmm. like. And yeah, thank you both for being in partnership with us to make something like this available in a way that, you know, you both really gave a lot of yourselves and we don't take that lightly. You know, 100 Cameras Mm -hmm. is an organization that has been built by people like you. And we're just so honored to, to work alongside you and do all that we can to uplift the stories of your students. And anyone listening, these Mm -hmm. photos are out of this world. So please visit 100cameras.org and celebrate these images and stories and perspectives. And yeah, thank you both for spending the uh, afternoon with us. Such an honor. Oh my goodness. Yes, thanks. Thanks for so letting us share. For us. Yes. So good to see you. See you very soon. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Bye guys. Thank you for being here. To see highlights from this conversation and more, visit the 100 Creatives website at www.100cameras.org backslash podcast. Until soon. Until soon.